Welcome to Land Speed Legends, a podcast talking to the men, the women, the legends that make land speed racing great. Discover the stories of these ordinary people whose passion for land speed racing has made them legendary. And now, here's your host, the Bonneville Belle, the High Boy Honey, the Salt Princess, Allison Volk-Dean. From sprint cars to indie cars to Bonneville, Mike Nish was a racing machine. His racing career mirrored his life with thrilling ups and devastating downs, but like a legend, he overcame. His influence on land speed racing is undeniable. He entered the Bonneville 200 mile an hour club and 300 mile per hour chapter in 1996 with a speed of 304.700 miles per hour. He had many records and runs that excelled that speed, including a top speed of 412 miles per hour. Today, we celebrate the legendary Mike Nish. Okay, so we're going to be doing this one post-mortem of Mike Nish. Now, I originally went up to Mike probably maybe a month before he passed away and asked him if he would want to be on the podcast. Right. And he's, he, he was so humble. He was like, I just don't think I'm legendary enough. And I'm like, well... Yes, you are. Right. Um, but it's it, that's you know it's not a level. There's levels. I mean, everybody's legendary out there that's pushing the limits. But he definitely was pushing the limits on everything he did. It seemed like he was he he. Mike ran wide open. That's right. His entire life, which is probably why at sixty two he's not here, right? Yeah. But he loved every minute. Yep. You yeah. know, while he was here. Yeah. And so and so, this will be awesome because this is going to. Um, I'm going to put this out the week of his celebration of celebration, life that we're going to have. So I think this is just a great May, little May way 13th. to yeah. add to the celebration of life to talk about his, the legendary Mike Nish, which I wish I could have got to do in person, but I have the next best thing. Oh, I this have is going to be Jeff. way better. This <laughs> is going to be the real, this is going to be the real story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. We don't ever want to talk about all the bad stuff we do, but, there's, right. but now it's the patriarch of the family. Yeah, I'm the go. oldest one standing. That's the deal. So we got the legendary Jeff Nish here to talk about the legendary Mike Nish. And so we're just going to start with just the beat like we do with all of them. We're going to start with the beginnings and and Mike's beginning love of all racing, including uh, Bonneville. But go ahead and just well, tell us where you know, he started Mike, out. I mean, again, was I talked when we were discussing mm-hmm. in my podcast was we grew up in the race car shop. I mean, that's that's all we knew as kids. And when Mike was 12, he got a job out of Ford Motor Salvage for Ed Monaghan. And he would go out and strip parts off the cars. But his whole goal was to get Ed to build him a mini stock. So when he was 14, he started driving mini stocks at Bonneville Raceway. Mm-hmm. And his rookie year, he was uh, um, rookie of the year and won the championship. So I was thinking about this as I was watching our little kids uh-huh. At the go kart track yeah, yeah. two weeks ago, yeah, and we had five years old to Brady's thirty six, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, and we had five years old Swayze, and how yeah. old was uh, uh, White's nine, nine, and Nash is eleven, eleven, and Chase is fourteen, and then we have um, Heston, Heston. I think is. Maybe. 12 or 13. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what a group of kids. They yeah. did a great job. It's going to be so I, much fun. I, it was so much fun. <laughs> I, I haven't had that much fun on the track in a long time. Good. So, you know, Mike was a group. He, he was very talented right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what drove my dad to 
immediately envisioned that Mike was going to the Speedway. There was no nothing that was going to stop that from happening. And that wasn't like an afterthought of 10 years later. That mm -hmm. was like day one. Yeah. That was dad's focus, was that Mike would get to Indianapolis. Excuse me. So our racing program was really geared around Mike. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mike got all the good equipment. <laughs> he was the oldest, right? Okay, he is. The He's the oldest, and so he got all the good equipment, and he got all the uh, the good opportunities, and 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 he used them mostly wisely. Yeah. Right? So when he started running sprint cars would have been about 1975. Okay. His first sprint car attempt, he forgot his leg. Um, we had, like, leg things that had to hold your legs in place. And he'd forgot his. So as you're going through the corner, his legs were flopping around in the car. So he decided he was going to take his belt and tie it to the roll cage and keep his leg oh, dear. up against there. Well, one of the crew guys, considering the crew guys were all 16, right? You know, somebody forgot to put the latch the fuel cap down. Sounds and familiar. And when Mike went in the corner, the fuel cap came off oh. and the car burst into flames and he couldn't get out. And it burned him severely. I mean, it took mm. months for him to heal from that. But that didn't deter him at all. I mean, he just was waiting for the next. So, And he was 16 at this time. 16. Wow. So then he got another opportunity to drive Bill Chipman's car. Um, and he ran a few races, I think, in between him getting burned and uh, him flipping one out of the ballpark at Bonneville. Um, <laughs> I mean, completely out of the ballpark. Landed on a 69 Camaro, cherry car, destroyed it, destroyed his car. Bitching Camaro, huh? He ruined it. But if there was a hole, if there was an opening, Mike was going to stick mm. his nose in it. I mean, and I was a little bit more conservative. Mike was very aggressive. Um, and so he, he, and they drove that way his whole life, mm -hmm. you know. So as, as time went on, he was a very good sprint car driver. But this is where, you know, we can talk about the story a little bit more. Keeping in mind, we were 16 years old, 17. Mm -hmm. We were traveling around the country with our dad, Butch Pease, Cease McRae. In other words, we didn't have a lot of parental um, <laughs> oversight, right? <laughs> and you had it was, and TJ was with you too, yeah, as well. TJ so you had the and three then all of our buddies were the were the crews. Okay, and right? all so, three of you were racing at the same time. Yeah, so there'd be there'd be uh, you know three adults and ten of us kids, <laughs> right? Well, you know the track promoters sometimes will bring beer down to the down to the pits after and like, hey, you guys did a great job, and we'd go, hey, thanks, you know, yeah, and yeah, and so that just became. Part of it. Mm -hmm. We were just drinking beer, chasing girls, racing cars, <laughs> right? Sounds kind of dreamy, uh, actually. I'm sure for yeah, some guys. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, I think that's that's where, you know, Mike had a, a very serious addiction to alcohol mm -hmm. his whole life from the time <laughs> he was a teenager until... He died, you know, and so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of touch on that as we go. It was mm -hmm. it, There were some really some high points of his life, but there was definitely some really, really, really low points. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's important to talk about that because I'm not ashamed of it as family. Yeah. It's part of Mike's story. Yeah. You know? It's a great and part of his story, actually. It's, it's, it's just a part of his story. So, he, so dad was, uh, you know, he was solely focused on getting Mike to the Speedway. So in... Uh, about 1980, Mike would have started driving for other teams. 
88, yeah, about 80. Um, he went, he drove for Don Edmonds back at California. He drove for, um, trying to think of the other team, but he, he was driving CRA, right? Mm -hmm. The California Racing Association. Okay. And he, he'd lived in California. Dad moved him back there when he was maybe 19. Wow. And that's what Mike did. He worked at the race car shop, building sprint cars during the day, and he raced on the weekends. And he, and he, he did good. He did very well in that time. But again, not a lot of oversight, right? Mm -hmm. So he kind of had a free reign to do what he wanted and hang out where he wanted. And and so uh, as time goes on, he he gets really good at sprint car racing. Mm. So the whole family, we went in 1982, right? We went to South Africa. And that was kind of dad's. I'm retired. No, he didn't say I'm retiring. He said, you guys, when we come home from here, all you need to get your own your own ride. I'm not. I'm not supporting you I'm anymore not, in this. I'm not paying anymore for this. We left all the race cars there. And wow. Mike just, Mike kicked butt in, in South, South Africa. Africa. He, and this was sprint car racing in yeah, South Africa. Yeah, he, he killed it. I mean, I, I can't remember. I think he had seven wins. Wow. Um, I mean, he he killed it in South Africa. How long were you guys there for? Two months. Two months. Wow. And we just would travel. We'd race on Thursdays and Saturdays, different tracks, and we'd move from one town to the next. And That's so we just traveled I mean, over. I've the, heard you talk about this, yeah. and I, I didn't realize it was two months right, that you were there. That's months. crazy. So my dad did that since 1972 was the first time he went, and until 1980 he went every year. Wow, for two months. That's yeah, I didn't know that. That's so, so he Mike just killed it. Um, TJ was 14. We had to get him out of school. Like, you know, we had to get him out of school to go. Um, it was quite the quite the deal, but it was a lot of fun. And so when we came back from South Africa, it was like, okay, everybody's got to get your own stuff going. And uh, so we did. I started driving for Kent Noli. Mike went back to California, went back on the CRA circuit. And uh, was doing well. Um, then he got to go to South Africa bef before the IndyCar era. He got mm -hmm. to go to South Africa and run Formula Fords and Formula and Formula Vs, Formula Formula Two, okay, and Formula V. Okay, he got to run in South Africa at Kailami, and that's where he got his FIA license. So he had an FIA uh, super license. He could have gone to run Formula One. Wow. At that point, he had the licensing to to do that. So, um, and do you need that to run Indy cars too? Do you don't need to have an FIA license, but you do need to be certified. You know, you need to have some super license. Yeah, you know, but the FIA license just made it easy for him. Yeah. So uh, he crashed a couple cars there. Nothing too serious. Um, but one wreck that he had was in a midget. This right before the Indy era started, he was at Phoenix, mm -hmm. and he flipped a midget at uh, PIR on the mile. And Dad called me, and he said, hey, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if your brother's going to make it. He said the whole front of his helmet smashed. Arm got out. No, That was before arm restraints. And his arm got out, and it tore his – so they had to reconstruct his arm. And he was out for, I think, two weeks, like comatose. Oh, wow. And, you know, we just didn't know at that point whether he was, you know, going to make it. And I really wondered if that would be the end of his driving career, you know, but no, 
No. No. Not for no, Mike. Didn't even phase him. <laughs> didn't even phase him. Um, so he he continued to, you know, just work hard, sprint car racing, and drinking. <laughs> wide open so on both. So he worked wide open on both of those. And so what year was that crash? So the crash in the midget probably would have been about 1985. Mm, okay. 85, 86. Um, in 1987, um, he was actually the first time he went back to the Speedway. So he had to deal with Dick Simons. They go back. Now, I wasn't going back. My dad was staying in you know Indianapolis because he was overseeing, making sure this deal was going to happen. Mike had worked for Dick for a year in the shop to go race the car. Mm. And they get to the speedway, and Mike runs the car through rookie orientation, and then he runs it all month. This is back when it was a month-long okay. production. They started on the 1st of May, and they ran until the 25th. You know, So he was on the track. He had a ton of miles on that car. He did uh, all the hard work, right, to get the car up to speed. Mm-hmm. And the day before qualifying, Raul Bozell shows up at Dick Simon's office with a suit full case full of cash, rolls in, mics out. <laughs> and I mean, you know, insane. there was a lot of discussion at the track about Sue and Dick. Yeah. Because they had a contract, you know. They'd paid the money. Mm-hmm. That spent that time. was required. <laughs> they spent all the effort and time yeah. to get there, you know, and it was it was tough, yeah. You know, so I was reading my dad's biography, and he talks about that moment. They're standing outside the garage. Mike had pushed his toolbox out. He had his helmet and a driving suit sitting on top of it, and then, you know, they're, everybody's pretty bummed, right? It's I like mean, the walk was, of shame. Kind it was of really like <laughs> like yeah, it was like a bummed yeah. deal, you know. Yeah. And Dad's standing there, and AJ Foyt walks up and doesn't know my dad. You know, and he says, hey, where's that niche kid? And my dad says, well, he went out to his car, went over to the, one of the other garages to get something. And he goes, but I'm his dad. You know, I'm Terry. And he shook his hand. And Floyd says, well, uh, just tell him to roll his toolbox and his helmet and his stuff over in my garage. I got I to gotta ride for him. It's I mean, crazy. So you it's go incredible. From this, <laughs> yeah, you go from this low of, oh, my gosh, we just lost our, our deal, you know. And you only get one of yeah. those usually, right? Yeah. You know, one opportunity. I had one opportunity with Don Vesco. And I quali- I got my license for cart with Don. Mm. And it never materialized. Yeah. The race never materialized, you know. So you only get these, these opportunities are hard, hard to get. Yeah. So, you know, think about basketball. There's how many teams? 32? Yeah. How many players are on the team? 20? Yeah. Indy, there's 33 guys. Period, right? There's not 33 teams with 10 guys on each team. Mm. There's 33 spots. Mm. So Mike gets back, rolls over to Foyt, but he has to go back to Houston. So he moves to Houston to work for AJ with the commitment he'll drive the following season. <clears throat> so he does that. They get to the speedway. He's killing it. I mean, he's fast. Car is super, super fast. And, uh, He's out qualifying, and I'm standing next to the block where AJ's standing, and AJ's on the radio with Mike, and Mike turns a lap 
like 222. And Foyt tells him 216. Mike runs another lap, 223. Oh, Foyt tells him 217.5, you know, or something like that, right? So Mike's pushing this car because he thinks he's way slower That's so than he is, you know? And he comes off the turn four sh- short shoot onto the straightaway and smacks the fence. Mm. He'd have been sitting on the front row, maybe the second row. Mm-hmm. If maybe AJ would have just let him be. Yeah. And let him run his laps, you know. And actually, AJ apologized to my dad after and said, mm. I probably pushed him too too hard, you know. And then he fired him. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it yeah, goes, yeah. right? You know, yeah, you busted why. my car up, you're fired. So we do another walk of shame, <laughs> and we, we roll out of Foyt's garage. And I can't believe his luck. The machinist union, the owner, the, the Andy Kanapensky, the chief guy for the machinist union, catches Mike out in the parking lot. And says, I got I got I want you to come drive for us. Mm. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> right? This is kind of like a day in the life of Mike, right? Like it's yeah. these highs and these Just lows. Highs and these lows, you <laughs> and know. All and these opportunities and missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. And so in the machinist union, Mike rolls over. And I don't want to take too much time because I want to talk about Bonneville. Yeah. But yeah, take your well, he, you got it. There's no limit. He goes to work for the machinist union. Mm-hmm. And they bring a car to the track the next year, which would have been 87, I think, 88. Anyway, he, the car is not fast. It's a year-old car. It's just, it's just not going to get there. So here we are. It's the last day of qualifying. We're standing on the wall. And uh, Mike's just sitting on the wall like, you know, I don't even know if we planned on going out. He was in line to qualify, but I don't know in his mind if he was even going to. Mm-hmm. So, A.J. Foyt comes riding his bicycle down the pit lane, and he pulls up to Mike, and he says, that's too bad you work for these guys, because I got that Chevy ready to qualify. (laughs) He's like, you fired me. (laughs) (laughs) And I sit here again going, are you kidding me? (laughs) And the owner of the machine machine says, A.J., take him. This car, we're not going to get this car in. Mm -hmm. It's too slow. So, boom, it, we go into thrash mode, right? Mike runs down to the garage, changes driving suits into an AJ Foyt, mm-hmm. which he still had from oh, being cool. fired before, right? <laughs> hadn't turned it in yet. Yeah, hadn't turned it in. So, he goes and changes his suit, comes back out, gets in line. They push the car up. You got to go through inspection. They roll him up. He goes through inspection. They start the car. They roll him off the blocks. They start it. The guy's got his hand up holding him back. It's like five minutes to six, and at six the gun goes off. Qualifying's over. If you're on the track before the gun goes off, you can you can qualify. So Mike's sitting there, and all of a sudden I hear the, the guy puts his hands up to his earphones, and he goes, "There's rain in turn one." And within within a minute, it was just a torrential mm. downpour. So Mike's sitting in the cart, it's running, and you hear the gun. <sighs> <laughs> Another year. Oh uh, yeah, gone shot. Mm. So. Now, remember, me and TJ are sitting back here. This is a sport of families. Mm-hmm. Hunters, Andretti's, you know, mm-hmm. Lazier's. When one brother gets in, generally. You guys are on the sideline, the like, other, rubbing you, your hands right? together. <laughs> the, other, the other kids are at least 
there's opportunity. A, at least an opportunity comes, you know. So we're working our butts off doing our sprint car stuff, doing our, you know, building our resumes, hoping that Michael just busts through that barrier, you know. Mm-hmm. So they have a the, the later in the year at Phoenix, Mike goes back to the machine machine, goes mm-hmm. to work mm-hmm. after Indy. At Phoenix, the last race of the year, they announce they have a big hospitality tent, and they announce they're signing Mike to a 16-race deal, including Indy, for the following season. We're there, right? Yeah. We're there. We're in. Mike, with big party. Mm. Mike is super drunk. And who knows who's what thinking what. But is this the day of the race? Yeah. Oh, at, dear. Oh, at Phoenix. But like, they're going to race that day. No. Oh, it's the night no, before. No. It's, they are signing him to the next oh, year. Oh, okay. It's the gotcha. last race of the season. Gotcha. And they're signing him to a full contract for the following okay. season. He goes and, uh, well, first of all, he ran Toronto for the machine shooting during that year. After mm. Foyt's deal, he went he, and he crashed in Toronto hard, broke mm. his legs and his back. So he was healing, mm. right? He was healing at the time. And they said, okay, you'll be healed up. We're going to put you in the car next year for a full deal. And uh, anyway, they load this truck full of vodka and beer, and they, and he's going to bring that back to Salt Lake because my dad probably supplied it, right? Yeah. He's going to pick some of his stuff up and go to, you know, back to Indy. Okay. And uh, his wife's with him um, at the time. His his wife at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> was yep, with yeah. him. And so at about Canab, he, he passed out, mm. fell asleep, whatever, flipped that truck. Threw him out, rebroke his back, mm. rebroke his legs, broke her back, mm. and that was the end of Mike's IndyCar career. Oh, oh. I mean, and your guys's, <laughs> and my, and 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 all of ours. You're not. <laughs> that was a very very low low. Mm. The next yeah. couple of years, Mike was he was in desperate. He was in desperate situation. He was in a bad place. Uh, he was in a bad place. Um, you know, alcohol and uh, mm-hmm. and he was just in a bad spot and. And I know that he, you know, he he knew he knew he was responsible for it. It, it was just it was just a very bad time. Yeah, lots of DUIs, just lots of problems. Right, and uh, it was quite a ride. Though. Yeah, those years were just exciting. It was exciting, and it was disappointing, and mm-hmm. it was it was just everything that racing is. You know, right. I mean, it was it was hard. Um, he, uh, he, I think he felt, you know, really bad about what happened. Oh, I'm sure. And, uh, it just, it just tore him up. Then he decided that he was going to come home and just go to work for dad. Mm -hmm. Forget about racing. You know, he's just going to get his life together. So he did. He came home, went to rehab, Mm -hmm. met his wife, Lori, had two kids, and he starts on a 25-year journey of sobriety. Yeah. Right? He's on the board of directors at the Haven. Um, mm-hmm. Mike helped hundreds, if not thousands, of addicts. Yeah. And alcoholics. Yeah. Hundreds, if not thousands. He dedicated his life during that 20 years to the Haven and his kids and sobriety and, and AA. And, and it was pretty amazing to watch him. He was what a great father you know he got his kids started in go-kart racing mm-hmm. and and at this time he wasn't worried about himself you know yeah 
So he raised Andy and Olivia and uh, turned Andy into yeah an animal. Yeah. I could not believe watching him race last week. Yeah, that was the first time I've ever seen him race. It was amazing I, to watch. I, I've only seen him a few times, and that kid could drive. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, it was, I was pretty shocked, yeah. actually. Um, what is he, it was, you know, 125 Pro Shifter. Yeah. And the uh, first time he'd ever drove one. Brand new cart, and he uh, finished second. And I mean, he put the pressure on Mike Beanie the whole time, mm -hmm. and so it was good, you know. But so, wh why he couldn't help himself when when I watched him take people to AA meetings and 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 do whatever needed to happen as a sponsor, mm -hmm. you know. But in the underlying, under all of that, he was still an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it never, ever, ever left him. Yeah. So at the time, I'm running up Bonneville with your dad. Mm -hmm. And my dad doesn't understand why I'm running up Bonneville. He's giving me a bunch of crap about That's it all so the funny. time, right? <laughs> and then they get a hold of him and Vesco team up. After I'm done running Vesco's liner, they team up and they rebuild the car. And now mm -hmm. they're at Bonneville. Yeah. Right? I mean, and not just at Bonneville, like. They're full bore they into are Bonneville. Full bore in. And we we let's just take one second. This is just <laughs> yeah. interesting. Yeah. Little, let's, let me this find is this. interesting. Let me uh, it's this one right here. Let me find this. And I'm just gonna run through them, Allison. Yeah, do it. Um 86, Jeff Dish 220. 87, Jeff Nish, 201. That's where Jeff Nish drops off the map. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the end of uh, your... <laughs> yeah. uh, Terry Nish, 94, 291. These are all records, right? Um, but you were the first, Jeff. Just remember that. <laughs> I know. Dave Spangler, 95, yeah. 302. Terry Nish, 95, 315. Terry Nish, 95, 330. Terry Nish, October 95, 320. Terry Nish, 95, 320. 261. Now he's switching classes, right? Yeah. And doing the FIA and the LSA records. Um, Terry Nish, 96, 289. Just keep going up, 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 up. Terry Nish, 96, 300. Terry Nish, 96, 304. Terry Nish, 97, 322. Now Mike kind of takes over the car, uh -huh. right? Was Mike involved at this point? Though? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He just started Dad racing. was driving. Mm -hmm. and this was when Dad was starting to get sick, right? Mm. He was starting yeah. to have his lung issues. Yeah. Um, so Mike Nish, 96, 304. Terry Nish, 97, 322. Mike Nish, 97, 328. Uh, they let Jeff drive again, 344. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Just saying, uh, TJ Nish, 332. So that put all three of us, all four of us in the three club. Three chapter, yeah. Up in the three chapter. So Terry Nish, 98, 338. June of 99, Terry Nish, 3231. Terry Nish, 99, 272. Mike Nish, 99, 276. Mike Nish, 01, 344. Mike Nish, O one two sixty nine, Mike Nish O two three thirty one, Mike Nish yeah O two two forty four, Pam Curtis O three three eighty seven, Jimmy Wysong O three three ten, Mike Nish O four three sixty nine, Mike Nish O four three seventy seven, Mike Nish O four three seventy seven, Mike Nish two thousand and ten two eighty five. Mike Nish FIA, 
285, and then Mike Nish in the double A at the FIA shootout. Yeah. He ran 412. Ooh. Didn't back that up. Yeah. But that was the fastest two. That was the fastest one way. It was yeah. 412. So all the records actually averaged together were 302.395. If you just do the family records, yeah. 348.294. Crazy. So during this period of time, Mike's sober, and he's like a fighter pilot, right? Yeah. I mean, they're sticking him in that car, and, and they're just changing motors out. And he's, yeah. And he loved he loved land speed racing. Loved it. It's uh, it's sad now. I go to the shop. Mm. It's a little sad. Yeah. I go down, and, and, and I go in, especially if I'm by myself. You know, mm. I go in, and the car is sitting in there, and I'm trying to figure out. What are we going to do? Yeah. You know, um, Andy's going to, Andy's going to drive it in August and we're going to go through the C record, which is Vesco's record. And I think it's 332, mm. 336. Um, but you know, let's, so, so Mike breaks all these records, right? And then my dad passes away. Yeah. And he immediately falls off the wagon. Mm. And starts drinking again and drinks so hard that he was almost gone. Mm -hmm. And he had to go to jail. And so we had to go get him. Yeah. And I mean. It was he, hard to see. At his house, he was mm. he was almost gone. Yeah. We took him to the jail and I told the jail, I said, look, he's, he's going to detox and it's going to be ugly. Mm. You, know, you guys need to keep an eye on this. And they didn't. No. And so they let him lay in there for two days, mm. um, just in agony. Yeah. Until one of the inmates went and finally said, you, know, you guys need better go do something or he's going to die in there. Right. And uh, so took Well, and alcohol and I think benzos and alcohol are the only two drugs that you can really die from detoxing right. from. It was so, bad. So he. So that was so dangerous. They, they moved him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, they finally got a hold of me, and I got up there, and he looked horrible. And I think they thought he was a homeless guy <laughs> because the jail yeah. had brought him in. Yeah. And I walked in there, and he's got this wound on his leg, and he it's, it's, it's all bad, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are you guys not taking care of this? And they said, well, we can only do so much because he's from the jail. And I said, hey, he's got money. He's got insurance. <laughs> and they're like, he does. And I'm like, Yes. <laughs> You know, please, please. Got insurance. Oh, dear. So Christmas Eve, I get a phone call from the hospital, and the doctor tells me, hey, you need to come and get your brother. And I said, I can't. I can't take him. He's got to go back to the jail. And, and the, the doctor's like, no way. He cannot go back there. You need to come pick him up. I'll call the jail, you know, and I'll make mm -hmm. sure everything's clear. So he moved in with Mel and I, and I mean, my sweet wife, to her to open her door. Yeah. And folks, it was it was bad. It was ugly. Yeah. And uh, so Mike moved in our house, and for the first two months, it was just getting him to understand what happened. And he thought he'd been in an automobile accident. He 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 had no clue what was what what had happened. Yeah. And so we started down this path, right, of of getting him healthy yeah and uh it was a path of redemption like he was on it he, he got... was on it man i mean he looked so good and uh he he got his horse yeah and he would go down to the barn every day it was a race cars and horses that's yeah. all that's all that mattered you know and he was he was as happy as i've ever seen him and uh i truly believe 
but you don't ride that hard. You don't run that hard that long. Yeah. Without wearing your body out. Mm. You know? And I think that's what it was. He just, he, you know, he was, he didn't want to get too old. He didn't want to be an old man. Yeah. He watched my dad die and took care of him. He didn't want to go like that. And uh, so he, you know, he just wore himself out. Yeah. And um, interesting though, he, during that period of time, during that two years that he lived with Mel and I, him and I had a lot of long talks. And I made him, I held him responsible for Indy. <laughs> I did. That's I, probably good for him. I forced him to finally go, yeah, I, if I wouldn't have been drinking and I would have been paying 100% attention to what what was happening, that probably all would have came out differently. Yeah. You know, and I just wanted to hear him say it. Yeah. You know, it's probably a relief to him too. Like, yeah, I got I mean, that off like, my yeah, chest. Got that off my chest, you know. Um. So he was a great driver. Yeah, he was a great dad. Um, he, he was as brothers five years ago. I wouldn't have give you the time to do this today. Yeah, we just weren't in that place. Mm-hmm. You know. And I guess that's a lot of, you know, me feeling like you had all the opportunities and didn't seize it, Yeah, you, you know, and yeah. him feeling like, I don't know. But once we were together for two years in my basement, right, it was like we we hashed out our childhood. Yeah. Like, I did not grow up with the same father you grew up with, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and those things, you know, I mean, we just had to hash through that and him to go. He didn't understand it. Yeah. He didn't understand my relationship with my dad and his relationship with my dad was two completely different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, 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 you just look at his accomplishments. And I mean, I could sit here with this paper. Oh, it's amazing. And tell you, you know, how many sprint car wins and how many indie car starts. And it's, it's, it's amazing stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, so he lived the way he wanted to. He he was fast. He was furious, you know. And uh, and again, you know, uh, we talk about alcoholism, addiction. Yeah. He was such a good dad. Yeah, when he was, you know, in- I mean, when he had that, when he had the kids and had that accountability to raise his children. Mm-hmm. After he got divorced, he had them. Yeah. And so Mike was Doctor Dennis. You know. Had to go to school for him, had to take him to volleyball. Um, you know, Olivia was an accomplished volleyball player. Andy was accomplished racer. So he was, you know, he was really busy. And, uh, you know, I love him now. I mean, I, it took, it, it really took me, you know, to, to get back together to really say that. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really miss him. I really love him. And it, and I go to the shop and it makes me sad, you know. Yeah. It really does. It makes me sad. I love that you had the opportunity to rekindle your, your brotherhood, I guess, because that, I think that was important. I mean, it would have been, it yeah. could have ended, an, it, it ended another way. Every, at him. I, I wished everybody had that opportunity. Right. You know, right. I watched Mike take care of my dad when he was passing away. Mm-hmm. You know, when dad was really sick and I would go down and do stands, you know, Mike would say, Hey, I need a break. Can yeah. you, can you come and do a date? You know, and I would go down and I couldn't connect on the same level, mm-hmm. you know, that my cat with my dad, mm-hmm. you know, I loved him, but I just couldn't connect on that same level. When dad passed away, it was heart wrenching for him. Yeah. They were very close. Very, very close. And, uh, it was just, it was heart wrenching for Mike. Yeah. It, it was you know, so I say now they're they're together. Yeah. 
They're raising hell in heaven. <laughs> and if there wasn't a racetrack, there will be. <laughs> there is now. Coming soon. <laughs> there is now. Um, but Landspeed Racing was, you know, it's funny because we have all this history. Mm-hmm. I was telling you before we started, I, I'm submitting um, my father's bio for, um, what do you call it? The Considera- Hall of Fame. Consideration, for them, yeah. consideration into the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, uh, I think he totally deserves to be in there. I mean, all the work he did in South Africa yeah. and in the Western U.S. to promote sprint car racing. I mean, he definitely needs to be Recognized. at least considered, you know. Yeah. And uh, but as I wrote that bio, and I and I said, I just it amazes me the amount of stuff that our family's been able to do, and how fortunate we are that we always had the businesses to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And going to South Africa. And, you know, and I went to South Africa as a team captain in 87. So I went in 82 with dad. And in 87, went I, went over, I went over as a team captain and took uh, three drivers mm-hmm. and my wife. Yeah. We got to go spend another two months. Um, it's pretty amazing. We're very fortunate. We're very blessed to have the opportunities we had. And now we're going go-kart racing. <laughs> We're going to keep it going. We're going go-kart racing with this new generation of drivers. Yeah. And uh, they're they're pumped up. They're excited about it, right? They want to be like their dads. Yeah. Uh, I could see the two weasels wanting <laughs> to be like their dad, right? Mm-hmm. And go to the Salt Flats and get in the 200-mile-an-hour club. And, and uh, yeah. so... I think we've done okay, Allison. Yeah, I think so. And it's it, it is a generational thing. Um, you know, Andy's going to be racing, and I yep. know Olivia's raced before, yep. and I don't yep. know what her her aspirations are in in anything else besides that. But she's definitely has raced. She raced the roaster. She right? had a lot of talent. She raced the roaster and she raced go karts. I think with Olivia, my dad was very serious about racing. Mm. If you were racing for my father, you better be able to. You better she, have some pretty thick skin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Because if you did something wrong on the track, you knew about it mm. when you came in. Yeah. And I, and I think Olivia just didn't like all that pressure. Yeah. I don't blame her. It was her. just too much for her. Yeah. You know, I think she liked the driving part. She didn't like the excel, you know, you know, excel. Your ass or, yeah, right, part. Right, right, right. That's, <laughs> I don't blame her. Oh, I get the stories <laughs> I got on that. I remember one night at the pits at Bonneville Raceway, Mike got mouthy with dad and dad reached in that mini stock and Yanked him out, just yanked him out of there, and that was like that was yeah. the niches in the pits. Welcome to the seventies and yeah. yep. circle track racing, right? Yep. Oh man! So, are there any other stories that you have about? I mean, that, or something like that, where it's racing, circle track racing, or that you oh, can tell? <laughs> we we. If you've ever seen in the pit, you know, like a 60-year-old kid fighting his old man or two brothers, oh, yeah. like rolling in imagine. the dirt over, over, you hit me and put me I'm out. I'm waiting and, and, <laughs> for it. And, and that was us. I mean, yeah, I, our cars were all in the shop, right? So there was four sprint cars in there. One night I came in and my car's jacked up. And uh, I'd been on fire, right? I'd been, mm-hmm. I'd been on fire. Car was hooked up and things were good. And I come in and... And my car's jacked up, and the torsion bars are pulled out of it. And I'm, I'm like, looking around, what the heck's going on? <laughs> Mike comes tooling through the door with the torsion bars in his hand. And I said, hey, what are you doing? He goes, Dad told me I could take the torsion mm. bars and put them in my car. I was like, 
<laughs> the oh, hell you what can. the hell, you know? Uh, there might have been a little brouhaha that Yeah, night. I can imagine. TJ in Africa, I mean, he's 14 years old, right? We're going to the wineries, and we're sitting down on the veranda. That didn't help the situation, right? Right. No. The, the drinking thing, yeah. right? You know, we're sitting down on the veranda in South Africa. Dude, we're drinking wine and drinking beer, and we're, you know, I'm seven, I'm 19, well, I'm 20. Yeah. He's 14, right? <laughs> 15. And probably not good, but. Oh, yeah. Well, I was, Melanie was eight months pregnant when I went. Mm. With Jonathan? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the opportunity came up to go, and, and she said, you will probably never get to do this again. Yeah. You need to go. But you and did get to do it. And with her. Eight. <laughs> eight months. I mean, I got home end of December, and she had the baby February Oh, my 5th, gosh. That's right? crazy. It was a whole month. Yeah. You know, it was, it was sketchy, for yeah. sure. And, uh, but, you know, the women of our lives, they followed us, mm -hmm. those that have stayed. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's only Melanie. Everybody else built out. <laughs> I'm like, no. She's the only one that survived. She loves racing, She though. does love racing. She's the only one that survived. But yeah. uh, we're excited now, Brady and I and Chad. Mm -hmm. And everybody, we're all working on her 32.5 window. So we'll have it done hopefully for August yeah. so she can drive it to the cool. solid and be her little get around. That'll be her reward for dealing with all of you guys. Dealing with all of us, yeah. So, But yeah, that record, your guys' accomplishment, I was thinking about that when you were saying those records. Mm -hmm. I don't think there is a family, I can't think of a family that is faster than you guys that has that many people in it. Uh, is there anybody that is in the 300 chapter that has four members in it? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, think there's three, three, there's, but not four. Yeah, because you got the Hammonds and they, they right. have three in there. And I could be wrong, but I'm just, I was trying to think and I couldn't think of. I, th I think you're right. I mean, there might be one, but I, I don't, I can't think of them off the top of my head. But when I went, when I was kind of preparing to see it, mm -hmm. just today, I sat down yeah. and thought, I better look at some stuff. To have a family average of 348 That's over incredible. 30, like 30 records. Right. You know, at Bonneville. And there's been a big stint that we haven't had any records because they were trying to get that double A. Mm -hmm. They were trying to go that after was... Summers' record, mm -hmm. right? The 409. Yeah. And they chased that for what? Probably 2000 and. 11 through 2000 and yeah now yeah <laughs> <laughs> they uh you know they were running those big motors and mike had some very very scary rides i don't know if you remember the one where he the car would get upset mm -hmm. like at speed it would just take an attitude change on him like mm -hmm. at 400 miles an hour and the car would just what we finally figured out was that the frame was twisting because of all the horsepower, yeah. the frame would twist. It would bite in on the on the uh, left side, and it would just shoot I, him. It would just mm -hmm. shoot him off to the left. Yeah, I remember that. And you're right. He came through the, the return road. Mm -hmm. and, like I mean, at the people, end of the pits, right? The Pretty much. The pit, through the end of the pits, mm -hmm. through the return road. No shoots out. Mm -hmm. Him just trying to gather the thing up. And I think probably that's happened it, before he knew what was going on. Yeah, that's when SCTA came in and said, "You're not running this car again until you figure out what's happening." <laughs> Which, and rightfully so, yeah, right. Tom Berklin came down and spent some time on the car and got it. Yeah. Where it goes straight again. Of course. So. With a lot of information and a lot of work, I'm sure, to get it he, straight He back. told my dad, Tom told my dad, Terry, don't call me. You either do what I tell you to do or don't call me again. Yeah. 
I, I you know what I mean? Either you do the things I'm telling to you now or don't don't call me anymore. Yeah. yeah. I don't I blame think him. It's probably add. a laundry list. You know, I think things. he might add, and I won't be to the funeral. I think I think <laughs> that's that sounds very Tom. I think that's that's kind of where that went, you know. <laughs> um so yeah, that was a that was a scary ride. Um Shoots didn't come out one time at 380, and, mm. and he went all the way down into the mud, two 360s in the mud. Wow. Gathered it up, got it straight, took like two tow trucks and like 200 feet of line mm. or yeah. cable to get out to him and hook him and pull him back in off the mud. Um, Is he the fastest member? Is he your guys' fastest? Of all of us? Yeah, of all of you. So I always thought it was me, uh, but I got to <laughs> tell you, that's not true. Mike's fast. My fastest two way was three forty four. Mike's fastest two way was three seventy seven. How fast was Pam's? Did you say who? Pam. Pam got into the club. She did not go three hundred. Pam went two eighty seven. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I thought. Yeah, I heard. Jimmy Wysong went three ten. And what did TJ do? And TJ ran three thirty two. And and your dad, did he get in the two club first? The three club? No, did he get in the two chapter or did he yes. do it first? Okay. I did first. Yes, you got it first. I mean, yeah, but I'm when sorry, they started I running the before car. Before he got in the three yeah, chapter. Dad, dad would have got into the club in 1994. So okay. I got in in 86 and dad got in in 94. Okay. Mike got in in uh, 97. And TJ got in in 97. 97. That's the year I graduated high school. It's a good year. Yeah, it was a good year. That was, uh, so Mike drove in August. I drove the first meet in September. Yeah. And TJ came and drove the last nice. meet in September 97. And we got it all done that You got year. three cha all the three chapters yep. done in that, yep. that year. That was a good year. It was a good year. Yeah. And then, and then you know, the, uh, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars if not approaching a million, them chasing that oh yeah that four hundred nine mile an hour it was deal. serious business they were blowing mo I mean they they were on the edge on everything mm -hmm. they were trying different engine combinations they were I mean Klein was building motors Darian was building motors mm -hmm. I mean they they spent a lot of money um, chasing that they never quite got never it never quite got it I mean they ran four twelve they just couldn't back it up. <sighs> He ran 400 a couple of times, but they just couldn't. What is that record that summer? Do you know what that is, that summer? I, well, now Poteet's moved it so high. Oh, Poteet took it. Yeah, Poteet has that double-A record now. That was, at the time, double-A fuel streamliner, mm. which would have been Tom's record. Yeah. Right at the time, which I think was 413, 412, I think it was. Mm. And uh, now Poteet's moved that to, I want to say 480. Yeah. It's out of sight. That's out of sight. I don't know what I don't know what what's going to happen there. But. <laughs> Never you. So, five hundred chapter hats coming our way soon. I don't know. That'd be crazy. So we get you know we got this year. We're waiting to see what the snow does. Right. Right. Whether it melts off. Our cars are all ready. We're so bored, people, because our cars are ready from last <laughs> year. year because it rained out the whole year, right? So the cars have been ready for yeah. a year. So I'm just like bored stiff. Like, yeah, no. And Andy's getting ready to race. He's going to carry it on. We the, met. We the met. Streamliner. Yeah, we met yesterday down at the shop, and Andy and I and Brady, mm -hmm. and we looked at uh, the car and what need we need to do and. 
Yeah, and he's uh, he's ready to go. And what's the record he's going after? He's going after C Fuel, which is Vesco's record, mm-hmm. and I think it's three thirty-two. Okay. So he's he's cool. excited. I'm and the four hundred motors, the four hundred mile an hour motor is sitting on the floor. Hmm. Right? Ready to go in the car. And Mike had planned get Andy in the club, mm-hmm. put that motor back in, and Mike was gonna drive it. Okay. So Andy starts telling me how he's gonna drive it. <laughs> and I say, No, you're not. <laughs> My goodness. And he's like, What do you mean? And I said, I, I no. No. We're not doing that. You don't want it. You don't have any interest I, you in know, it. I, I'm the responsible one, right? Yeah. Like to say, somebody's got to say, why do we, what, okay, what is the goal to go 400? What record? Yeah. You I, don't I, just go 400, go to 400. You don't go 400, go 400. There's got to be a purpose to it, right? right? You got to be breaking a record. I agree 100%. I just don't know that, you know, so we kind of bantered that back and forth mm. yesterday. I mean, I said, you're going to have to do some real serious convincing because, your dad had some bad rides at 400, mm. but he'd been down that course 200 times. You haven't been down right. that course 200 times. And right. if something happens at 400, I don't know if you can catch that. Yeah. And I don't want to be the one answering to your mother, yeah. your sister. Yeah. And he's like, I know the risk. And I'm like, I know you do. Right. And I do. I know it. <laughs> you know it. I don't, he's young. You don't know how young. to understand how permanent the risk is. <laughs> But I'm having just as much fun running Dad's Roadster with a four-cylinder engine on 90% nitro. Oh, yeah. Because it's hard. Yeah. And I know everybody's looking at me. The rest of the team is like, pull it out already, you know? I'm, not, I'm like, pull more nitro in it. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, we're going to get it. We're five yeah, miles an hour like off. It. We're going to get it. I and, like it. But it's hard, and, and that's, that's, what, that's what I enjoy, you that's, know? So That's what makes it legendary. Yeah. So when you get that, right. you'll be like, ah, did it. <laughs> Despite well, one day, one day, if we get time, maybe we'll even have some more fun and we'll do dads. Yeah, you know, that, that, I like it. Then Your we can has, go back and uh, talk has, about racing at uh, El Centro and Ascot with no roll cage and, uh, and, and goggles. You yeah. Know? Not quite a leather helmet, but pretty close. <laughs> right, the step above it. <laughs> right. He was right in that era. He was right in that era of no roll cage. You know, yeah. racing with an open face helmet with goggles. Oh, yeah. He you was know, hardcore. On the dirt tracks. Yeah. Know? Terry yeah. was hardcore. Um, well, it, this has been awesome. I'm sure um, I've enjoyed it getting to know more about Mike. I, I learned something new about everybody on all of these. And some of the things I'm just looking through that we didn't talk about that he's in the Dry Lakes Racing Hall of Fame and just. Um, and we never even right. So he's about, in the he's in the Dry Lakes Hall of Fame. Yeah. And we didn't even get to talk about. Um, the Utah Motorsports Foundation. That's yeah, a big part of his life. Yeah, and that's a big part yeah. of his life. And as I did my dad's thing for the Sprint Car Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. you know, so the Utah Motorsports Foundation, dad founded in 2007. And um, since 2007 until now, we've given over a million dollars to help racers that have been injured or their families had some kind of tragedy. And it's, right. I mean, we've helped kids with handicapped kids, you know, the or racers' kids that need yeah. surgeries. Yeah. Um, but the new thing, our new direction now is that we are sponsoring um, young drivers. Mm. So young drivers can submit their bio okay. to the Utah Motorsports Foundation, and we pick 10 or 20. You got scholarships going on. Yeah. It's a sponsorship for yeah. the driving. Okay. It goes right. We also have the scholarship okay. program that the kids can, but now we... 
have a youth sponsor program. Okay. And we just, you know, I mean, this year we've given a couple of drivers, you know, 2,000. It depends on where they're at in their career, mm-hmm. you know, just to help them. That's awesome. You know, it's hard. You know, now that you're um, <laughs> racing just like, wow, with your kids. A lot of money. So here is a check for you Aww. for $1,500 for me to sponsor the weasels. The wild weasels. The wild they are weasels. very thankful for this. We're so, very thankful for you're, this. You're welcome. It is, it is like just adds up on like, gosh dang, this is, I thought we had bought the carts and that was the big part. No, it never <laughs> no, ends. I should have known better. You I know, know racing. I you know, know racing. It never I thought ends. cart was smaller, but no, we appreciate that so much. You're and welcome. um you're but the Utah Motorsports Foundation, what can you go to for the website? Because you can just you guys do raising by um do you guys still do the we auction? T- we take donations. We do have we're gonna do an online auction. We okay. don't do the we don't do the big one that okay. we used to okay. anymore. Um, basically because I don't have the energy my dad had. Mm. Um, and then Mike took that mantle, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And but, but I have a couple of businesses right. and the kids racing and I have all this stuff going on. So I met with the board and I said, look, we can we can still raise money. We mm-hmm. we have a good um we have a good nest egg. Okay. And it's invested and it's making money. So that's awesome. We have resources, right? And so I would say if you're out there and you're a young racer, then submit your bio. Mm-hmm. Just go to utahmotorsportsfoundation.com and submit. Do they have to be Utahns to do it? Nope. Is it? Nope. Okay, nope. so Utah Motorsports. Or, or if you want to donate. Or, or, oh, yeah, if you want to donate for sure. I think it, so Mike's, uh, for, for our local people, right, mm-hmm. in Utah, Mike's uh, Celebration of Life, we're having at um, my dad's race shop, which is 818 West mm-hmm. South Temple. Is that right? Yes. 818 West <laughs> Sounds South right. Temple. Um, most people know where my dad's race shop is. Mm-hmm. We're doing that on May 13th mm-hmm. from, I think, Saturday. 11 to 5. Yep, that's what you and said. And we're going to have food, and we're going to we'll probably play your podcast. And we'll have, <laughs> that's awesome. And if you've never been there, there there's... 50 years of history hanging on the walls oh, in yeah. that place. I mean, you yeah. can just walk through there and the pictures and the and the memorabilia hanging on the walls is worth worth your time if yeah. you've never been there. So if you're a race fan or a racer or a recovering mm-hmm. alcoholic mm-hmm. or not even recovering alcoholic, <laughs> you know, you're welcome okay. to yeah. you're welcome to come and uh, just enjoy the day with us and kind of remember Mike and it's awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited to go through and see that, and I'm excited for this podcast to play that week. That it's going to be the his celebration of life. It worked out perfect. Well, I love my brothers. Uh, TJ's back in Indianapolis, and we don't get to see him a lot, but mm-hmm. he's coming home. Nice. He was, he was, and I say this all the time. Probably out of me and Mike and TJ, TJ was probably the best driver. Oh. I, I seriously believe that. Yeah. Well, he probably he was, got to see a lot of He was probably the best driver. He got the least amount of opportunity, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. he was later in the in the scheme of things, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, once the IndyCar thing fell apart, right? Yeah. Dad's interest in all that just kind of waned away. And, Birth order stuff, yeah, man. It right? really... <laughs> it'll take it... It'll take it out of you. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, good. Well, this has been really fun. I loved learning a little bit more about Mike, and I wish I would have got to interview him personally, but this is the next best thing. That is good. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He would have hit all he the, skimmed yeah, yeah, over all skimmed the, other, over the all hard that stuff, stuff and just yeah. hit all the good stuff. No, it's good. That's what racing's about in life is that ups and downs, and he 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 lived his life to the fullest. Yep. So. He did it his way, and... Uh, <laughs> 
like I said, I love both my brothers, and it, it kind of sucks. I'm still trying to learn how to be the family patriot. Yeah, now yeah. With Andy and Olivia and yeah. and my kids and my brother, and it's like all, all of a sudden I'm the old man. And it's like not cool. <laughs> You're not ready not, for it. Yet. Not really cool. No, <laughs> not really cool. You'll do a good job. You'll be <laughs> awesome. You already have been. You're good. You've been a patriarch to a lot of your. Nephews and uh, well, yeah, y'all, your nephews. You did all that racing with them. So. Channing's got his sprint car ready to go. Yeah. I went up there last week and helped him fire this beautiful race car. So we'll see how it is when he brings it home from Great Falls, Montana. <laughs> oh, that's a fun race, <laughs> right? Uh, that'll be fun. Well, okay. Well, if you enjoyed this, um, please just um, go to my Facebook page or my Instagram page and like it, and please share this podcast if you can. And also, don't forget to go to um, Save the Salt and. Um, donate uh we are just trying to raise funds for the we salt, need it yes for we the salt it. restoration project you can buy a t-shirt as a donation or you can just uh donate but yeah we are going to need that and um yeah we just appreciate you listen please share like um and thanks again thanks for listening to land speed legends make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes in the meantime keep up with the show on facebook and instagram under land speed legends Until next time.